My name is Ray Park, you may know me as playing Darth Maul in Phantom Menace, Bone Wars, and also Solo and Star Wars Story. You're listening to Star Wars Stuff Podcast, the force is strong with you all. And remember, sit walk. Hey, this is Dominic Pace, who plays Gecko the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian, letting you all know you are listening to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Wishing everybody all the best, and may the force be with you. May the force be with you! Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Star Wars Stuff Podcast. My name is David. I'm Richard Ray. And I'm Carl. And this is where we talk all things Star Wars, and in particular, all stuff episode one and two of the brand new Ahsoka series on Disney+. Plus. Carl, you have seen before on our Patreon, and I think on some of our other podcasts as well. But uh, he's a really good buddy of mine, very big Star Wars brain, big brain in general. And he has um, done a lot of reading up on Thrawn, and I invited him today to kind of specifically talk about Thrawn. But, of course, he's going to talk about all the other topics that we have. But before we get started, I do want to talk about all of our awesome support on Patreon. So on the purple tier, we have Chris Simpson, Kevin Leininger, Dev McCaffrey, Drew Peters, Zach Netzel on the red tier. We have Fenrir526, Maya Morris. On the black tier, we have Maka, Tautala, Nathan Shank, Evan O'Paker, Liam McCallion, and Texas Vader76. Thank you so much, everyone, for your awesome love and support. And also, thank you to everyone out there that listened to our first few episodes of coverage of Ahsoka. We had thousands and thousands of listens and views on YouTube. And then speaking of YouTube, we finally hit the thousand subscriber mark so thank you so much to everyone out there there's our youtube channel if you're watching us right now don't forget to like maybe subscribe if you haven't uh drop a comment in there if you have comments questions especially about thrawn since we have carl on today uh that has a lot of knowledge on thrawn let us know what you're thinking uh what your questions are and interact with us we uh we welcome it so but thank you so much to everyone that subscribed to our youtube channel we're trying to build that up um, most of, I, I think you guys listen via audio. So if you want to watch it sometime, we're on YouTube at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Very easy to find. So we've done three episodes on Ahsoka. This will be the fourth, essentially, on episodes one and two. But there have been a lot of conversations that have happened in the past few days. And spoiler alert for episodes one and two if you haven't seen episodes one and two what are you doing why are you listening or watching us um because surely everyone that's listening watches has seen these episodes and some of the big topics we're going to talk about but first i want to get uh carl's uh opinions on the first two episodes what did you think about this new disney plus show well so far so good um uh, it feels a lot like rebels as it should the same you know same characters same you know writer so you would think that would be the case. Um, so far, they, they there's not any any real concerns on my front. Anyways, it seems like they're all pretty. Everything's going pretty steadily. Um, we'll see. We'll see how the the show develops. Obviously, you know I've criticized some of the more recent shows for excessively bad writing, like Obi Wan. I thought it was terrible on the writing front. Um, Beautiful visuals, but uh, the, the writing on that show made, made you kind of scratch your head a little bit. Um, so hopefully this show will not fall into that 
that category, but uh, so far it seems like there's a lot more love towards these characters shown, it, probably because these are Filoni's characters. So, you know, that's, that makes a big difference because you can feel, a, you know, a definite respect for the characters, which I thought was lacking entirely in Obi-Wan. There was absolutely no respect given to those characters whatsoever. It was just like, they were just going to do whatever the hell we want to and whether it makes sense or not is secondary, which doesn't, you know, hopefully that was the last time we had to see that. Cool. So the big topic, I think, uh, that a lot of people, I think most people are talking about is the fact that Sabine was stabbed in the stomach and survived. And of course, when the stabbing happened, I thought, okay, she's dead. There's, there's no way you can come back from that. But if you really look at it and really get technical, she wasn't stabbed in the middle, maybe severing her spinal cord or messing with yeah, no, that, her back home. That's a liver shot right there. Okay. So, so with the with the liver shot cauterized the way it would be from that, she can she'll she'll be alive for you know for a little while. And you know, if she was just laying there for hours on end, yeah, she died. But yeah, just right. from from that by itself, no, that's not lethal. I mean, you can get shot in the liver, and it takes a while for you to die from that. So, uh, certainly not comfortable, I would imagine. But right. Yeah. No, now why she didn't get finished off that I don't understand. That's kind of one of those, you know, if this is like a Sith like character, I know they're not technically Sith, but uh, if this is a like a Sith like evil character, why wouldn't you do the finishing blow? I think she's go ahead. And that's the interesting part of it. Do you think the intent was not to kill? It kind of what one would have to kind of assume that because there's enough time there for her to, you know, do whatever she wants to at that point, but. Yeah, and, and I know Ahsoka's coming. She's aware that she's coming. It, it, does, it takes all of about you know two seconds to finish her off at that point when she's completely fit, defenseless on the ground. <clears throat> so, the the argument would, would I think hold water that you know she just wasn't supposed to kill her at all. Right. So, what the logic would be there, I don't quite know, but you know, maybe maybe that gets explained. I think they're since they're kind of border jedi they're jedi basically doing anything to survive currently i think they're trying to follow follow the jedi ways but they're in that gray area they're doing yeah. bounty hunter jobs bounty hunter jobs to or you know doing things to survive so i think she did what she needed to do but she wasn't going to finish her off because she still kind of has somewhat of the jedi training i guess you can say well i you were you could say that i guess but then at the same time when you watch her on the uh on the uh republic ship earlier in the episode she's pretty ruthless and cut people in half so there, there's no quarter given there so why would you not give any quarter in the first fight you show and then in the second fight you show you're like man i'm like we're good yeah it could so, maybe it could maybe fall back on her training with balin skull maybe balin trained his padawan shin hati and maybe a modified version where they are kind of like this kind of dark jedi type figure and he's kind of raising her a specific way in a sense and that we don't kill our own kind even if they are full light side green sabered whatever but everyone True. else it's it's fair game maybe yeah. that is a possibility 
Yeah. So, I mean, that's, and that's what I'm saying. There's, it very well could be an explanation that we just haven't gotten. Or we, we're two episodes in. So, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just want to say hi to uh, Shamarique Onye Buche. I, this person says she's got Stormtrooper aim. <laughs> Highly possible, but improbable, I think. But... Yeah, so that is is something that everyone it seems seems to be talking about on social media, everywhere online. Which I don't think they should be talking about. I think they should be talking about this. And Carl earlier today brought this up to me, and I think there was an article out a long time ago that addressed the same thing. So when you see the hologram with Hu Yang and Ahsoka, Hu Yang explaining this saber. I can't talk to because I have I have no data on it. But the other saber, Balin Skull Saber, was a saber that uh, was recorded in his data banks. So this saber, though, looks identical to, if you're watching this on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Kanan Saber, which is on the right-hand side. A few modifications for, for Shin Hati's saber in the hologram here. But overall, it looks like it's Kalen's recovered saber that Shin Hati is actually using in the show. Yeah, they, initially when I look at it, I thought it was an, you know, exactly that. Uh, but I still believe this is probably the leftovers of Kanan's saber. Um, I mean, he, he did get blown up quite a bit. So, you know, I, there's a question as to how much of that saber was still functional but at the end of all that. Uh, by the time, time Kanan's dead. Um, so, and... Governor Price did have the, the the lightsaber as a trophy. Well, I mean, it, it makes you think about the lightsaber. If you bring this up, you bring this up on that Empire Strikes Back, Luke loses his saber that Obi-Wan gave him. Mm-hmm. But then later on, we see it when it's presented to Rey. Right. So they were in the cloud. Where did the saber go? We see it fall. You know, when it's a trash compactor. So we just say that it just popped from there to later down the line. That well, kind of brings that question. Right. But, but, but in, in, in Kanan Saber's case, we actually know what happened to it because Governor Price gets it and she uses it to prove that Kanan was killed. True. That's true. So, so, so we know that essentially the, the, the group of players that is currently responsible for what's going on in the show had a hold of the Saber to some, one degree or another. So... You know, could she could Governor Price have given it up? Sure, or there's a whole bunch of things that may have happened in between, we don't know. But I just find it curious that they make a specific mention of the saber and that it w- was built in the uh, in a Jedi Padawan fashion, which you know, the characters wielding it doesn't have the that you know, it doesn't have official instruction and lightsaber building from it, you know, from a Jedi Academy. True, Kanan does. Uh, Kanan constructs his lightsaber after he, after Order sixty six, so therefore the, you know they wouldn't have any record of it. True. Um, so there's that, and Star Wars doesn't really repeat lightsaber design at any point, at least not to my knowledge. There's little elements here and there that that, that some of the lightsabers share, but there's never like, oh yeah, this is you know. That's cool. Let me rebuild that same lightsaber. The only only repetition we really have is Luke's Return of the Jedi lightsaber being more or less a 
from memory copy of Obi-Wan. Uh, True. But that's that's it. That's the only time that I know that there's a direct duplication of another person's saber. And if, if you don't know the person at, at all, why would you duplicate his saber? You know, it seems like too much of a coincidence for this not to be on purpose. What also thinks back to a couple of, I'm not sure it was in Ahsoka, I'm sorry, the Clone Wars, or was it Rebels where sabers are considered valuable in the, the black market where they get, you know, people see them, they can steal them to right. resell them. I think it was Ahsoka's saber that got stolen and she was trying to recover it. Um, right. But they, they're popular to resell. So that's a possibility. Right. And then in Aftermath, there's a whole hunt for Vader's saber, for example. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is that they, they make pretty clear in canon as well is that there are no more kyber crystals readily available. So yeah, if you want to build a lightsaber, you pretty much have to recycle somebody else's kyber crystal. So that would be another reason why, okay, so, you know, there is a functioning lightsaber available to these characters technically. You know, why wouldn't you take that modify to, you know, put a little bit of your own spin? So change the tip of it to that three prong setup. Uh, add the tape in the mi middle of the grip. And more or less, this is that saber for, you know, if you look at it honestly. And then let's not forget, this is also an interpretation. It would also be an interpretation in live action of a CG saber. True. So, uh, you know, that that also would be would be slightly different anyway, look-wise. So I, if, if nothing else, this was done just a, a, as a, uh, a means of harking back at that saber and see if anybody pays attention. But I would actually venture a guess that even canonically, this ends up being actual Canaan saber to, to varying degrees. Yeah. Yeah, to me, it would make a lot of sense. So yeah. I think that's something that, like I said, I haven't heard or read anywhere that anyone's really talking about this fact. Everyone's talking about everything else, including the fact that Sam Whitworth's name was included <laughs> in the credits. And when people started talking about this so much, I was like, well, wait a minute, Sam Whitworth's in every credit of every Star Wars show ever done because he, along with uh, a few other people, Matthew Wood there, you can see Shelby Young as well, are used a lot for voices when they need just additional ADR for droids and for comms and stuff like that. They usually call upon Sam Whitworth, and he's a huge Star Wars fan, as we all know, and he's the voice of Maul in Rebels. Um, and, I mean, he's also Starkiller in the video games as well, which uh, that's another big rumor that's going around. But, uh, yeah, uh, Ray, Carl, what do you think about Sam Whitworth's credit here? Is it is it all much to do about nothing, really, like I'm yeah, thinking? Yeah. Or? yeah, I mean, Sam, Sam Whitworth is credited in just about every show around. I mean, you know, you, this is about as, as much proof of anything as, I don't know, you know, George Lucas being the creator of Star Wars being credited. I mean, you know, okay, fine. Sam Whitworth did voices. That doesn't mean anything. I mean, what are you going to say next? That Maul is in the show? You know? Clearly, that's not the case. And so... Uh, I've heard this whole rumor that, oh, uh, you know, because Sam is in there, that means that uh, Vader's apprentice is in this and that they're going to do something like a Starkiller and that it's right. that guy. Uh, 
that that is just reaching so hard at this point that you know there's absolutely no evidence of that being the case uh, could that be of course it could be i mean who knows but yeah. it, it seems like a very you know very, very strong reach that has absolutely no foundation in anything I mean, just because somebody's credited in something doesn't mean anything i mean frank oz could be credited it doesn't mean yoda's gonna walk across the screen anytime soon so that's my opinion on that you're on mute so who do you think merrick is do you think it's somebody we know or do you think this is just a, another just kind of like diversion because we don't see the face and Filoni's kind of just like messing with this in a way. Um, well, it, it could be a number of things. I mean, I mean, again, they, that that character isn't defined enough to really make any judgment whatsoever. All you know is that he's male mm -hmm. and he knows how to use a lightsaber. Okay. Well, that, that could be any number of characters. I mean, for all we know, yes, it could be Ezra. Uh, it could be the fabled Vader's apprentice character, Starkiller, whatever. But at the end of the day, I think right now I would go with this is a new character that we just haven't seen before. So just throwing this out there, since of course we all thought we all thought Darth Maul was dead, got cut in half. You know, there's no way you can survive that. Of course, we see in Star Wars Clone Wars, and then we see uh, Star Wars Rebels. You know, he gets robot legs. Then later on, he gets his legs back when the witches, you know, you know, change it out. Um, just throwing it out there. But what if this could be, I mean, technically, look at Vader. He's got robotic body parts. What are the odds of this being Kanan? Well, Kanan got blown up, though. I don't think there's going to be any, like, body parts left to recover out of that one. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's what we're assuming. <clears throat> well, true. They didn't actually show us the gory bits on in Rebels, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on Disney XD. <laughs> <laughs> that's what but, we're assuming. You know, but, I mean, but, but I think the implication that there was okay, yeah, there's a giant explosion. He's pretty much blown to smithereens. So, if you're gonna find anything of Kanan, it's gonna be you know dust and maybe a, you know a piece of his ear or something. But yeah, again, they they saved us the gory details of that. But you're right. I mean, technically, as far as what's defined about this character, yeah, it could be, but we just have no information. So, you know, at this point, yeah, you can speculate pretty much anything. But I don't, I don't see any valid evidence that this is anything, anybody we know uh, versus somebody that we don't know. So I guess we'll have to sit back and wait for him to explain <laughs> if there's anything to it, because he could just be yet another uh inquisitor or inquisitor trainee or whatever he may be you know or another new force sensitive character that's right you know yeah i mean he's possibly... using an inquisitor saber so it would yeah. stand to reason that if he was trained in anything that he might he very well could be yeah a, an inquisitor in training but true yeah, do we do we know no we don't and so at this point i'll just kick back and wait for some answers before making judgment on what this <laughs> what this is the, is everybody likes to jump on the on these bandwagons immediately upon seeing something 
Uh, remember the, the 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 Thanos thing where the with the three scars and it's proof that Wolverine is in the movie and like Jesus, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this seems to be one of those type of scenarios where people are just kind of you know hanging everything on like one small small may subtlety that this this must mean that it's this now it, it, that doesn't mean anything at all. How about you let them tell the story first? That's true. Then they were saying that you know Tony Stark was going to be in the. The last movie as well um th that's true too so yeah 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 i mean people see one little tidbit of information and automatically it has to be this and there's no way to change it and then they get disappointed when it's not this crazy theory <laughs> so that is true yeah. i i think uh cooler heads should prevail and you should actually like you know see what they actually wrote and you know, judge the story by what they're actually putting together, not by what what your head canon may or may not be. <clears throat> yeah, the other thing about Merrick that I kind of noticed was when you watch that fight again between Merrick, the HK droid, and Ahsoka on Corellia, mm -hmm. is Merrick being tempered in a way with this fighting, with the saber fighting, or is Ahsoka that much better than him because he kind of like had to run away from it. Do you think there's a grander I, plan in place that we're just not aware I, of? Well, I think the, the the focus here is to get away with that hyperdrive. They, 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 they're they clearly trying to extract that hyperdrive for, you know, from right. Coruscant. And so I think this is just a delay tactic. So I think he's capable, far more capable one than what they show us. So I think he, okay. you know, but the, the whole point is delay her long enough so she can't do anything but us taking off with this hyperdrive. Uh, because clearly I would, well, not clearly, but assumption can be made that this hyperdrive is what they're going to use to try and get to that location that they're, they're trying to get to. So. That's true. So the hyperdrive that they're using, uh, it, it appears it's a similar hyperdrive to what a, a super star destroyer uses. Right. So way and, more power than what is, would be necessary for any of the ships they've shown us so far in their possession. Right. And they show you the hyperspace ring that we've all seen mm -hmm. before in live action. Is that going to mount onto the ring or is it mounting on the ship that Morgan Elsbeth is in? I, I and, don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm actually kind of interested to see where this is, where this is supposed to go. Right. Yeah, because yeah. when I saw it, it reminded me of the ships, like when the Jedi would hyper, when they would, their ships would connect to it and then take off. Yeah, that's what I. That's the first thing that popped in my head when I saw it. So I was yeah. kind of like, well, what's going to connect to this? Is it going to be actual ship that connects to it too, or is it going to be an actual like a portal uh, kind of thing? I don't know. I kind of had yeah. questions on that too. Yeah, I mean they they they've done several. As far as I know, the only thing they've done in Star Wars, they haven't really done like hyper jump portals. Right. Uh, so they've done the dockable hyperdrives like the Jedi Starfighters have, and there's a couple other ships that make use similar systems. So I'm assuming it's going to be something similar to that, like that, that they just need additional umph over their standard hyperdrive um, to to make that distance because they're clearly jumping way further out than what normally would be done with a regular hyperdrive. So right. It has there uh, ever been a, any occurrence of any of you guys remember in Star Wars of them leaving the actual galaxy to another yes. galaxy? Yes, Vader and Thrawn. Okay. 
they matter of fact, Vader's uh, uh, hand pilots the uh, the ship through uh, through hyperspace in that scene. So they and they do go into the outer regions. So so that yeah, it has been done. Well, they've but, gone to the outer reaches, but a different galaxy, though. Well, not necessarily, but I guess yeah. it, you know it can be done. Yeah. So, but again, they're they're doing something different, which I'm pretty excited to see where where they're going to go with it. Right. Uh, because Lord knows we need something different in Star Wars. I've been saying that for years. So, Ray, what do you think are like the implications uh, with the new galaxy entering <clears throat> the Star Wars storytelling? Well, it's giving us it's like a new opportunity with new characters, new aliens, possible Jedi that were in that area. That you know, what I mean, there's so many opportunities for new stuff. So, I'm very curious, you know, because it seems like the ancestors that built that that temple or wherever where they in the the witch was at um has been around way before you know what i mean so that really makes me think of how much longer how much how longer had they been around you know it's kind of like basically aliens in us you know what i mean we now we're, they're saying there's you know ufos whatever whatever but what if there is aliens out there and they're in other galaxies that we don't know about kind of the same premise? How long have they been around? Have they been around as long as us? Or longer than us? Kind of the same premise. You know what I mean? Yeah, so uh, Disinferno on YouTube uh, asked the question, what if this new galaxy has its own Jedi Order? I think it's going to have something maybe similar to the Jedi. And of course, it's not going to be called Jedi because it's a whole new galaxy. Right. Um, that would be my assumption. Uh, but of course, we know that the Night Sisters are there essentially, have some type of connection to Thrawn and Morgan Elsbeth, the place they want to head out to. So I think this actually adds a lot of opportunity for future Star Wars creators, stories, uh, just a new maybe set of rules almost with the Force and, and magic and like a pretty much a new frontier, really. Um, what do you guys think we're going to see in this third episode? completely impossible to say which i like i like the fact that we're currently in a spot where you don't really know what's where we're going with this i mean there's a rough outline of what's going to going to happen uh what i can tell you it's easier to say what we're not going to see than over what we are going to see we're not going to see either ezra or thrawn for example i know that for a fact that there's literally no logical way that they would already jump to those things unless it's a flashback. I mean, obviously they could do some flashbacks and you know introduce uh, some Thrawn into uh, general canon because you have to remember that a lot of the people that are watching this show have no earthly idea who this character is. So I wouldn't be surprised if we start getting a few flashbacks just to kind of introduce the character that all these people are after because to general viewership, Okay, who's this throng guy and why do they keep talking about him? So I think they kind of owe everybody an explanation because most people have not seen Rebels. Most people don't read the books. Uh, and so I think you, you kind of need to introduce the object of everybody's you know, desire here and give people an explanation. And we know that, that there are flashbacks in 
in the show simply by the the the, the trailer they ran where they sh showed Thrawn for the first time. He's in his Grand Admiral uniform. Well, he wouldn't be wearing that anymore. So, you know, aside from the fact that he got destroyed, he and he's not going to go make another one because why? I, there's no logical reason for that. So, um, I, I think I think my if I had to guess, I, I think next episode might be a flashback episode to kind of introduce us to some of the concepts that haven't been explained to the general audience yet. Um, so, like what exactly? Like for example, introducing Thrawn as a Grand Admiral. Um, it, it maybe we might even get to see Ezra. In 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 his rebels form, and yes, they showed the little hologram version of him. So, so there's that. But we may actually get to see a, a, a closer shot. Like you may, it may see Sabine, for example, remembering some stuff. And you know, uh, because we have all these rebels characters there, uh, to where it would make sense that you know they would start talking about some of the things that have happened, and maybe do that in a flashback sequence, just so that they can you know, explain to the general audience what it is what they're talking about because again people just don't know. So what are you thought what are your thoughts that Thrawn and Ezra, what do you think happened once they jumped? Do you think they battled or what do you think what are you expecting? Uh, well, what I'm hoping is that, and what I'm expecting are maybe two different things, but what I'm expecting is, for one, Thorne and Ezra would not have fought. I think they would have actually come to the conclusion that, A, they need each other because they're now in an environment that neither one of them is familiar with, and their chances of survival would increase if they work together. Uh, so that is one thing I would expect. The second thing I would expect is Thrawn, as he is in the books, and even in Rebels, he's not really a bad guy. He's not hes not like you're a villain for this. He's an antagonist, but not a villain. He, he never, he, you know, he respects his adversaries. He respects, you know, lives. He, so he has all, the, all this respect for, for, for people. And without a reason to attack somebody, he wouldn't attack anybody. Would he defend himself? Sure, if Ezra attacked him, sure, he would defend himself. But at the same time there's also no reason for ezra to attack him what, what what do you you know why would you do that if you're out in the middle of nowhere and this is the only civilized person around i think i think what what most likely would have occurred is that, you know i don't know if anybody's read enemy mine or seen the movie um I yeah think that, i remember i i think that 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 scenario is the most likely that they're both stranded on an on an unknown world and the only way to survive is to make a truce True. So I think I would expect that, and I I would expect that through that, they would get to know each other a lot better, and Ezra will probably realize that this is, like I said, not a villain. This is somebody who had an objective, and was on the opposite side to get try to get things done. But it, you know, Thrawn is in Rebels and in the books described very clearly as not somebody who's like, oh, I'm going to do a bunch of evil things. That's never the objective. There's, you know, what do I need to get done to further my cause, but not at all costs. And he refuses to shoot, shoot civilians, for example. He does in the Battle of Lothal, but that's really the only time he, they show him doing that. Matter of fact, he resists that in the book several times over when he gets a direct order to do so. So, yeah, you know, this is not somebody that's just 
out to do evil. So I don't, uh, I don't, I don't think that that's where we're going. I think and my personal hope is that they actually do a complete reversal on Thrawn and that Thrawn turns into an ally. Wow. Uh, because that would be to me personally, the most logical step because he wouldn't want anything to do with the empire anymore because they no longer form a threat. The reason why he joined the empire is because of the death star and the threat it posed to just ascendancy. That was his motivation. So that's all gone. The emperor is dead. The person that he swore allegiance to is dead. The death star has been destroyed twice over. So none of that exists anymore. There's no, his motivation for being a member of the empire is just gone. And the people that in, like we saw in Mandalorian, how they're talking about this stuff, none of these people are, have any real idea who Thrawn is. They just know, oh, this is, he's a grand admiral, but they're not connected to anything that, you know, that has anything to do with what Thrawn had been doing all along. Not one of those characters does. So, I think their idea of what he is and what he actually is is are two different things. And even the emperor was aware of the fact that Thrawn holds, you know, he he's a chiss first and foremost, second, and then, but 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 he's also you know, fiercely loyal. If he says he's going to do something, he's going to do it. So that's why the emperor trusts him because he trusts in the in the loyalty as you know as the oath sworn. But I. Uh, there's also a lot of mistrust there from the Emperor's side towards Thrawn. And I kind of think that with Thrawn's intellect <clears throat> and his status, he knows that Palpatine is still around, that he could possibly return. So I think maybe that's actually kind of a fundamental thing that's woven into something they might not even address in Ahsoka or anything in the future. But Thrawn, I think, is privy to details that Exegol exists, that fleet exists. I think he knows that, and I think he might be the only character that's alive that does. And Boy, we'll eventually see everything that unfolds up into episode seven, up into the Battle of Jakku. But I think it answers the question that a lot of fans had where was Ahsoka during everything that went down in the in Return of the Jedi? in the sequel trilogy and everything else that happened afterwards it's like why wasn't she around i think the answer we got it in these episodes she is eventually going to head to a different galaxy and that might be the start of star wars as a new as we know it a brand new era and i i do like this comment that uh tremere uh, k made on youtube uh, what if the night sisters are their form of jedi and it's a way darker take on the force that makes a lot of sense because if you if you think about it, if they're in a galaxy where the force has never really been studied, introduced, and then these night sisters show up that are basically witches that are using the force for their magic, um, that's that's gonna be like their 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 gods basically. Um, it just depends on how um, evolved they are and how long they've been around. But I mean, if it's something. If it's essentially power that's greater than the technology they have, yeah, it's 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 going to be that kind of overriding factor on whatever systems there that we're going to take a trip to that we're assuming that we're going to take a trip to. So, I do like that. 
What, what I'm interested to see is if they're going to show us some of the Night Sister powers as they're shown in Jedi Survivor, for example. Uh, you know, some of the teleportation abilities, uh, you know, these alternate reality rifting stuff that they show in the game. I, since this is the, those games are supposed to be canon, I would assume that we're going to see that here now, now that they're introducing a Night Sister as an actual character. You know, we should see some of those powers actually manifest on screen for the first time. That would be really cool. Now, going back to comics, I know this, and there's this character that's named Jax. What if we see his species in this new world where they jump to? That'd be cool. <laughs> Jackson the space rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> that would be too funny. The the uh, the other thing, and David and I were talking about about this earlier. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if you get to see the Grisk for the first time. Yeah, actually mm -hmm. on screen. Uh, this is one of the reasons why Thrawn joined the Empire. So it would be a good reason to show them to give his character more motivation. Uh, because you, you kind of have to fill that out, and then, you know, to explain to people if you're gonna if for especially if you're gonna do a switch over like if he's gonna be 180 degree turned over the opposite direction of what people are used to seeing that character as you're gonna have to explain that to people and the grisk would be an easy way of explaining it because that's the reason why he another one of the reasons why he joins the empire is to help protect the chiss ascendancy against the grisk that would be cool so that's uh that's another thing that yeah. we might may well get to see. I don't know that we are or not, but yeah, there's no evidence in that in anything thus far. On so. YouTube, uh, Disinferno writes uh, my prediction for episode three: Sabine's training plus maybe Anakin's flashback. I'm not quite sure we're gonna get Anakin until maybe Filoni's episode, which is episode five, and that's the last one he directs. He wrote the entire series, but that's the very last episode he does. So. I'm thinking we're going to get a bunch of Anakin stuff there. But you might be right. Um, I think we might get the flashback of Sabine being taken on as Ahsoka's Padawan. <clears throat> and that would be super inter interesting to see that that type of flashback. Because there's that huge span of time. And they allude to it in the show. And Sabine calls Ahsoka Master. And there's this kind of implied history that they had with the training. And then they say Ahsoka walked away from the Jedi Order. She walked away from Anakin, and she walked away from Sabine. So there's a lot of story there that we haven't covered yet. But what what did everybody think about this? Is of course also rumor mill that uh, that Kanan will be in one of the flashbacks, more precisely that Perkins Jr. is going. Even though he denies being in the show, but everybody <laughs> always denies that they're in anything. Exactly. Yeah, we, we, we've uh, talked uh, about uh, that. Uh, we've mentioned right. that. So, 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 what do you, what do you think? That, because, for example, I think it, it, it might be valuable also for the overall uh, live action viewing audience to show Kanan training Sabine and how to use the dark saber, so that people can make that connection as well. So, to, you know, because Sabine did hold the dark saber and voluntarily surrendered it. So, that True. that that might be worth worth bringing in and kind of doing a flashback. Yes, I know we've seen it in Rebels, but again, most people have not seen that. So I think it might be worth showing something like that, in which case you could do a quick Freddie Pence Jr. maybe with the face shield on, you know, say yeah. it would be easy enough to do. Matter of fact, you don't even necessarily need Freddie Pence Jr. for that scene. They could cast anybody and use the same, the, the same voiceover from Rebels. 
So these Freddy Prince Jr.'s voiceover reenacting the same scene, so using the same dialogue. So we could technically see Kane and, and Freddy Prince Jr. could not be a liar because yeah. he, he he could actually not be in the in the show and still be in the show at the same time. What I would like to see is maybe a flashback where he's <clears throat> training Kanan and then the flashback that ties, you know, him, you know, training Sabine as well, kind of to get a, a taste of both for fans who have never seen Rebels. Because you got to admit, there's going to be a lot of people who have not seen Rebels. Yeah, the, the vast majority of the people watching this show don't have a clue about that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Carl, your your dog does does he need something? He's whimpering a whole lot. Yeah, he just wants attention. Hold oh, on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was going to ask you about that, Ray. Now that we've had time to di- digest these two episodes and have them sit with us for a few days now, um, what what do you think? I think I lost my train of thought here. I was going to ask you. I think I just forgot exactly what I was going to ask you. <laughs> well, so I'm what, ready. What were you going to say, Ray? About. Uh, I think you're going to say something specific. Well, like I said, I mean, those are questions that I, you know, I would want to see, you know, because, yes, you know, they're saying Freddie Prince, you know, he's coming out and saying he's not going to. But I mean, how can you not have Freddie Prince? come out and you know at least flashback scene to me you can have can can do everything with it i mean freddie prince is not integral to anything that they're doing in live action really and what carl brought up was the fact that yeah he's denied it profusively that he is not gonna be in this that he's not gonna be in any star wars at all but of course people have said stuff like that in the past he might be merrick he might be a different version of kanan that they pull out of world between worlds we don't know I mean, it's, uh, anything's really possible. Right. But I do remember now what I was going to ask you. Now that we've sat with Ahsoka, do you think they did enough for the audiences to watch Ahsoka and to be fine with not watching the Rebels animated show? I thought so to a certain extent. But there's some people who were saying they don't like the way Ahsoka was acting in the first two episodes. Uh, one person put it on, I think it was on... Um... Oops. comic book news um basically said that um one person put it as ahsoka was going through a midlife crisis kind of right now um that's why she's not really acting like the ahsoka that we're used to seeing in rebels you know what i mean well i think what people also need to come to to grips with is she's deeply she has to be deeply disturbed by the fact that her master turned out to be who he turned out to be. In matter of yeah. fact, if, if you watch the, the the fight between them in Rebels, uh, yes, you know, exactly. When, when the mask comes off and she finally realizes who that is, yeah, that that affects her deeply. So I would I would you know I I would think that she would be a little disenchanted with that whole idea all of a sudden that you know her her former master and friend turned into this monster yeah so. dealing with that and then dealing with you know being pulled out and having to adjust to the changes of what's going on i think has affected her um who she was at one point now she's older she's a little bit more wiser so she looks at things differently so i think that's what a lot of it is because that's one thing too uh, someone was also mentioning that you know she 
didn't really give emotion to Sabine. So there's no telling like when she was training her, did she have any emotion towards Sabine or was she just basically just straight, you know, drill sergeant trying to train her and she wasn't listening. There's uh, so much just behind that. I, I, I would actually venture a guess that the reason why she stopped training, because she even says in the show that she stopped training Sabine. It's not that they, you know, that, 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 that Sabine st stopped wanting to learn. She walked away from Sabine, is what she yeah, said. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one reason that one could easily infer for her to do that would be that she realized, hey, um, I mean, I, I, I'm not a trainer for one. And two, if I mess up, I create another Vader. Yeah, that's so, true. Because this is an undisciplined person, let's face it. Sabine is not exactly known to be the most, you know, disciplined person in the in star wars as a matter of fact the exact yeah. opposite and they made that perfectly clear in these episodes yeah. as well uh and so i think we may actually get that as an explanation because i think it's pretty much clear that at some point she's going to explain to sabine why she why she left her mm -hmm. and i think that may very well be the explanation is like hey i didn't i didn't want to create another vader yeah that's you true. may and she may not be as powerful as Anakin, I get that, but still you don't want to create another dark side user just by by training them incorrectly. Well, I mean I think so too. I think it could have been a combination of the way Sabine is. Mm -hmm. She's she's very she's very different. Right. So she's very to go off the seat of her pants. Right. So training somebody and giving them that the training of the force and stuff like that, that's yeah, that's a different level because that person has a lot of emotion ties right. to Kane to Kane to uh, to Ezra. So, yeah, and that's one thing they talk about a lot is that they don't want your emotions to be mixed with the the Force. Right, and so, so I, I would imagine that that is kind of the uh, uh, it, that, that is kind of the the motivation that they're going to going to tell us you know was there to to stop that training because she may have hit, hit that point where it's like oh shit you know she she can't control her emotions and i can't teach her how to do that so yeah just like she and it would also make sense in that if you look at it she does the same thing towards Grogu. yeah which is post sabine you know she's like hey look i i, I can't train him I, I don't know how to do that this may be Sabine may be the reason why she doesn't want to train Grogu as well as because she realized, hey, I don't know how to do this. So I'm not going to train anybody to make things worse for the entire galaxy. True. So, so I think I think that may be the connect that they're going to make there just to kind of keep it within the live action realm of things is to say, hey, look, look at what happened to Anakin when you know when people didn't train train him correctly. And he was unbalanced and brash and all those kind of he had a lot of the same character traits as sabine has uh and that wasn't addressed right with anakin and then also you know the the reaction to not wanting anything to do with grogu that 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 may be that the extension of the sabine situation that you know she got to a certain point and realized hey yeah i'm doing this wrong and if i continue i i i'm doing the galaxy a disservice that is true. Yeah, this Facebook user says, uh, didn't Freddie Prince Jr. say that he wasn't reprising his role as Kanan Jarrus? That's what we just talked about. Right. That could be like Benedict Cumberbatch saying, I'm not Khan, which was uh, J.J. Abrams-directed <laughs> right. Star Trek film. 
And yeah, there was a lot of backlash after that whole deal with Benedict Cumberbatch saying that he's not Khan. And then, of course, spoiler alert, he's Khan. And um, a lot of people were angered. I wasn't angered. I thought that was cool. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, you deny it until the end because, I mean, you want that surprise. And everyone just assumed because I think all the rumors were out there that they tried to cast Benicio Del Toro as Khan. And he said he couldn't do it. He had like... Mm -hmm scheduling issues or whatever but yeah i mean you got to kind of deny it and i mean that was like the popular thing and i didn't have any issue with it and freddie prince going out there now doing this and if he does appear no one's ever going to believe anything he says ever again about star wars about appearing not appearing so i mean but it would be kind of funny if he showed up and he did a thing or two but like you said earlier carl i mean they have his voice from rebels and they can just use it over maybe like a a long shot that they do maybe from the ground level and show the right huge explosion that blows them away and that whole thing with rebels but i mean yeah. it, it leaves so much of an open window when you say that because you think about it look at homecoming you know they denied that they were going to be in that um and then you look at freddie prince he's actually coming on other podcasts saying i mean and he's actually you can see the emotion in his face saying i'm not they already used up their last favor you know, I mean, he literally is going more into detail compared to being like the Spider-Man actor is being asked, you know, Andrew Garfield and, you know, on the street or whatever. He's literally in conversation with other people stating it and you can see the emotion in his face. So if he does, if this is true, he will deserve an Oscar for that denying. <laughs> well, I mean, you commit me because he sounds very convincing, convincing in the other podcasts when you listen to him. You know what I mean? He's he's had an odd run of podcast appearances because he had uh, that whole thing where he said that Dave Filoni directed the hallway scene with Vader. And you had all these people at Lucasfilm say, no, he didn't. It wasn't Filoni at all. And I don't know. It's It's been <laughs> a weird a weird like after career of of freddie prince jr saying some odd things about star wars and then being refuted by people that i think we all kind of trust and just more than one person so i don't know i don't know what freddie prince is doing we all know that his wife sir michelle geller is the seventh sister in in rebels so uh she's a part of star wars and it feels like to me she wants to still continue her convention career signing for star wars and doing things like that but it feels like freddie prince jr has stated that he's just done with star wars he's still friends with filoni but he said he's for all intents and purposes he's just done yeah that's what i was getting at yeah i you know but and I, I tend to believe him he he's got other projects going you know like when he was on harlock we talked about some of this stuff uh uh so I, I I don't think he really wants anything to do with it. But again, there's enough voiceover work that they have recorded mm-hmm. that yeah. You know, and let's face it, Freddie Prince Jr. does not really look like Kanan Jarrus, the the the, uh, the animated character. I mean, could you put him in that costume and just say, you know, put a beard on and say, yeah, look, it's him? Sure, you could. But as far as just the way he's drawn, that that it's not like he's a spitting image of that character that he he had. Uh, so, so they can cast anybody as a Kane and Jarrus and use whatever voice material they have and put it over the top of it. Matter of fact, they 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 could just use a stuntman to do some action sequences and 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 that's it. And just you know put Kane's voice over the top of it. 
show the show the person from behind when they're when you're doing so you don't even have to have a lip sync situation going on and and you're good uh yeah. do i think that they may do a flashback with kanan in it i there's a pretty good chance i mean we have multiple characters that very vividly remember kanan jarris so uh sabine being one because kanan taught her how to use a lightsaber so there's that uh then obviously hera you know and you know it would stand a reason that we're going to get to see the kid at some point in this show. Uh, so that would be another, and you know, the kid doesn't know his dad, but you know, Hera could tell the kid about his dad uh, or could have told the kid about his dad. And we know it, it, there's a pretty good chance he's a force user. So maybe he's seen force ghost, force ghost dad, who knows? There's any number of combination of things that they could do with it. Are they going to do it in this show in this season? I don't know, but it's possible, but if they're going to do it, I think they would do it pretty early on just to kind of tie things together for people that haven't seen Rebels and also to make it unnecessary for people to feel the feel as, as necessary to watch Rebels. You know, that, that may seem counterintuitive to some people, but it's incredibly hard to get a lot of adult people to go watch a cartoon show. Yeah. That they're just not going to do it. It's like I don't want to watch a stupid, silly, you know, children's cartoon just to get some stuff explained to me. So, since that is such a hard sell, it may be necessary to fill in the blanks and some of these some of these concepts so that people can get the connection between the characters, yeah. which they really haven't drawn so far. I mean, it, they've made it clear that they know each other, but how they know each other? The only thing you have is the 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 memorial that they show for. But two, three seconds in the background. Yeah. If the you, mural. Right. Yeah. If you, so if you pay attention to that and pause it and then check out those characters and look at the characters that you get presented in the show, you might be able to, <laughs> yeah, that, that mural right there. Uh, yeah. Yes. You, you might be able to infer that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't see anybody really paying that much attention to that mural as far as general audience members go but it might be it might behoove them to explain some of the connections so when i i watched that last episode and i saw the whole like sabine with her new armor or with her old armor kind of modified she, she walks up to the mural she touches ezra ezra's face on the mural and i was like okay that's it's like the ending of of the epilogue of rebels okay and it never occurred to me that that was the actual ending that they were just showing us in live action. I think primarily because Ahsoka wasn't in the white. She didn't have the staff. So that all threw me off. And then eventually I'm like, oh, yeah, that was the actual epilogue. They just showed us in live action. They just modified it because the ship taking off, it was all pretty much the same. Just right. like the, the the Shin and Kanan Saber. I mean, modify a little bit, but it, it was the same thing, essentially. Yeah. And the, and the whole concept of modification they make pretty clear in the in the show so far as well because uh, Sabine has Ezra's saber they flat out say that and they even say that she modified Ezra's saber so now it's her saber mm. <clears throat> so the concept of people taking somebody else's lightsaber and modifying it into their own is introduced in the show and I just find it very odd that the creator of Rebels will take a prop that looks virtually identical to uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the Kanan Jarrus's lightsaber and then that not being that lightsaber. 
just a haha psych kind of moment. Yeah, no, I, I, I just don't see that being done. So I, I and what I could see also done for, for storytelling purposes is, for example, uh, since there's a high probability that there's going to be a confrontation between Hera and these and these currently introduced villainous characters, this could be the classic, remember this? Yeah, the, the, the taunt. Yeah. Uh, so that we could have that that coming because Hera would recognize that lightsaber. Now, at, on one argument to say why this may not be Kanan's lightsaber is that Ahsoka didn't it didn't it didn't hit on that when when she gets to see the close up because uh, one could argue well she's seen that lightsaber before. Yeah, but has she really? Because they don't. It's not like she sparred with Kanan at least not on screen. Uh, so I don't know how much exposure to Kanan's lightsaber she actually had. Yeah, I can see that, and it was always in two pieces, right? Right. So, so, so I, I don't know that Ahsoka necessarily does know what Kanan Jarrus's lightsaber looked like. But to me, you would think that Hera would have recognized it. In, in yeah, but Hera's not like... in that scene. Yeah, but she does. She's on home one, on the round table, right? No, and no, she... she sees. Shin take the saber out. Well, kind of, but but let's face it, <laughs> let, let, let's face it. Front is an action shot. It's a lot harder to see things in an action. Yeah, shot. I guess. And it's Fair grainy. Enough. It's grainy footage. So, you know, okay. it's not like she okay. gets to see it in person or the close up that that Ahsoka gets to see later. Right. Right. Okay. So, so you know, might she have recognized? Sure, she might have. Uh, but at the same time, there's ample reason to, for her not to recognize it for one why would she think that that would be it and it, without somebody actually telling her that that's the one she's not a jedi she doesn't know anything about jedi lore really uh so you know she she doesn't know anything about lightsabers so as far right. as she, she's concerned yeah that may very well have looked like kanan's lightsaber but without having explained to her that it is actually kanan's lightsaber she may not she may not take on that at all, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this Facebook user uh, makes a comment. Uh, they could have pulled Kanan out of the time stream, used the Mind Flare on him, and now he is a Merrick. That's kind of what I brought up earlier. I uh, didn't talk about the Mind Flare, but that's a possibility. That might be more of a possibility than that Inquisitor-style character, Merrick, being Ezra. I don't know. It's just, It's just one of those things we just don't, quite know for sure and i've seen a lot of leaked stuff a long time ago and i never saw anything that talked about that so it's a huge mystery to me yeah uh, and and my thing is uh, yes like we talked earlier is it possible that that's the case sure it's possible but yeah i mean that that would fall back into what i would consider bad writing <laughs> yeah, at that point, you just, you know, yeah, it'd be things. a little lazy, I think, yeah, a little on the nose. Yeah, well, it's not even on the nose. It's just like, oh, well, you don't have a clue of what to do here. Let's just, you know, slap this together. Well, and here it's, you go. it's that same old trope of, oh, the face is covered. Oh, it comes back because it's this guy. Oh, you should be shocked. Oh, I mean, it's like, yeah, to me, that would be very much on the nose because that's exactly what everyone, I think, thought. The face is covered. It's someone we know. It's Ezra. I think everyone jumped to that first conclusion, and then right. of course, a lot of people said, "Nah, that that would be a little off." Yeah, but I, I would also say flat out, Ezra would not be able to fight Ahsoka. He doesn't have the lightsaber skill to do it. 
So I don't think it's Ezra. I, 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 same thing with Kane and Jarrus. I think if Kane and Jarrus had to fight Ahsoka, he would lose. Because let's not forget, Ahsoka got professional, you know, Yoda uh, you know, directly from Yoda lightsaber training. Right. These right. other two characters did not. They're self-taught. So who's going to win in the fight? I Me, mean, it's probably going to be Ahsoka. Right. Yeah. So that that's why I'm saying I don't I don't think it's either one of those characters. I think this is someday somebody different. Uh, could it be somebody we've seen before? Maybe. I mean, who knows? I mean, any number of characters could be it. This could be one one of the inquisitors that we thought was dead you know technically possible like like you said death doesn't necessarily mean death in star wars somebody can get stabbed with a lightsaber and be perfectly fine so for all we know it's the grand inquisitor yeah could be you know he's wearing a helmet because he's disfigured you don't want anybody to see his face well that is true too so yeah that that it, is that is entirely possible and that, that helm is incredibly oversized anyway so if you wanted wanted to make an argument for it being the grand inquisitor i'm not saying it is but let's make that argument yeah it could be that helm is pretty pretty darn big yeah it's kind of bulbous at the top and it has yeah. the lines like that yeah exactly that yeah. that's why i bring that up it's like it could be that character is it probably not but it could be it's the or same maybe it's lightsaber. The son of the Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> right. It's the son that came back. No, I mean, but seriously, who knows who this character is? It could be any number of characters. There's not enough information given to make any sort of judgment. Right, right, right. Uh, you can't really deduce anything. Uh, you know, I've seen a bunch of people making a bunch of arguments that, you know, like, for example, oh, because Sam Whitworth's credited, this is, you know, Darth Vader's secret apprentice. It's like that. That doesn't make any sense. Why? Where do you? How do you make that connection? Same thing as the Ezra. How? How did Ezra get back and three? You know, to from this you know far off galaxy, just so that he can be here and then try to travel back to the place he just got back from. <coughs> that that doesn't. Aside from the fact that Ezra would then also know where this galaxy is located, and they don't need the map anymore if that's Ezra. If you think right, about it, right, so. Right. Is not Ezra clearly. So uh, the, the interesting thing about the map, that map key, it's a it's a sphere, and it's actually something you could have bought at one point in time off of Amazon. It's actually a toy that they took and they just kind of like sprayed the silver on it and chromed it up a little bit. But it's an actual toy from from a manufacturer that they use, which is what they do with a lot of stuff on, on the Disney Plus TV shows. You can find a lot of the I think the footwear. The boots from Narkina Five, you can find those on Amazon. Um, but, the but, sweater that the Mon Cal wore in uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's episode. By, by by the way, did anybody else get Assassin's Creed vibe vibes from that opening scene? You know that the, the whole bit about the apples and in, in Assassin's Creed, the little golden orbs that they that are hidden all over the place, and no, <laughs> no, I haven't, I haven't played Assassin's Creed since the first one, and. That was a long time ago. Yeah. Well, as part of the Assassin's Creed lore, they have these things called the apples. Uh, okay. And, and and so, yeah. They, this looks like... I'm not saying that that's why it looks the way it looks. It's just one of those things where I'm like, hmm, kind of similar. Interesting. Note to sell. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it means absolutely nothing. That doesn't mean that we're about to see yeah. somebody with a wrist blade jumping off the trees and doing a little <laughs> swan dive off the top of stuff. 
So every time I think I've I've had a conversation with you, Carl, lately on the phone, um, we we've always ended up talking about Thrawn. So Thrawn's a huge character. A lot of people have speculated that this is going to be the Star Wars version of Thanos. I don't think we think that, but um, if you want to make that type of like one to one comparison, very simple comparison, I guess maybe. But of course. Once we do travel to this other galaxy and find Thrawn, we might find him in a totally different situation. But from what I think people are expecting, because he is who he is. And yeah, I definitely wanted you to talk uh, to uh, who Thrawn is, what he's all about, and uh, give some uh, detail on, on who Thrawn really is. And I guess spoilers for the history of Thrawn. Because right. I mean, you've read all the books. Right. If you haven't read any of the books, I, I might spoil some of the material for you. But uh, so obviously he's a chiss, hence the blue skin, red eyes, uh, viewing spectrum in the infrared. So he can see it in the dark. It's explained in the books, not explained in the series at any point. But, you know, the eyes are supposed to glow the way they are. So, yeah, he, he does have a level of night vision. Um, but. The main thing here is master military technician, not a politician at all. Like, you know, they, they make that pretty clear in the books. I don't, I think they even make mention of it in Rebels at one point. I think when he he talks to Price about, you know, not really being into politics. So, uh, but anyway, so th th there's that. Uh, he's a, a captain in the Chiss Ascendancy's Defense Force. Uh, their uniforms are black, by the way. So if you if we see this character show up in a black uniform, that might be what we. And I'm actually I wouldn't be opposed to that because it would make sense for him to be back in his chiss uniform rather than continuing to wear anything imperial. <clears throat> so so there there is that. Uh, Thrawn knows Anakin. Uh, I uh, like they, he knows Padme as well. He knows the connection there. Uh, so that is covered in the books. I believe it's the second book where they, where they cover that alliances. Uh, he does know that Anakin is Vader. So he knows that that whole story. Um, and, and Vader knows that he knows because they have a they have a brief conversation about it in the books. So Thrawn is one of the few characters in the Star Wars universe that knows that entire Skywalker story. Uh, it's with him, R2-D2, Luke, Ahsoka. I think that's pretty much it, right? As far as characters that have full knowledge of the entire history there. Yeah, I think so. So he's he's one of that, that, that select few. Um, so you, you have that. Uh, he is definitely not cruel. Like he doesn't believe in cruelty. He doesn't really, really believe in torturing people. That's that's not his way of doing things. He likes to art smart, outsmart people. He analyzes culture by their artwork. That's covered in Rebels. That's covered in the books quite extensively, where he looks at artwork and makes assumptions based on the artwork about a specific culture and how they might react under certain circumstances. Very interesting. Uh, he believes in uh, in you know disobeying a direct order as long as it aids in the overall victory. So 
that that's interesting for a military commander to have that attitude. Um, so if you, you know, if you do something that's against the direct order, but at the end of the day, it turns out that that is the right thing to do, he'll reward you for it. Um, uh, Thrawn is the, the, the commander of the seventh fleet. The seventh fleet is the only, uh, pretty much the only group in the empire that has a patch on their left shoulder of their uniforms. Like the standard officer's uniform does not have a patch on the left shoulder. It's only the Empire logo on the right. Uh, they have the uh, Seventh Fleet logo on the uh, on the left shoulder. That you can see that in Rebels. Uh, just like the, his stormtroopers have the uh, Seventh Fleet logo on the pauldron. It's all out of respect to Thrawn because he doesn't rule with fear like the uh, the rest of them do. Uh, so he's respected by his peers. Uh, which is unusual for any emperor. So all of this, long story short, he's not, uh, like I said earlier, he's not a villain in the, he's an antagonist, completely different, two completely different things, not mutually exclusive. You can be a villain and an antagonist, but just because you're an antagonist does not mean you're a villain. Uh, so something to keep in mind. Uh, so I, I kind of think it's highly likely that he will be introduced as a non, non, non enemy combatant, uh, which would make me very happy because I think that's where it belongs in my personal interpretation. But we'll see how, how Filoni and crew interpret all that. Nice. And but, you think this picture right here is a flashback, right? Yeah, I, it, it kind of has to be because that you know he flew through hyperspace and got ripped out of the bridge of a star destroyer. Yeah. So I don't see how that uniform would have made it through all that. And I, so, and then also I don't see him going to a completely different galaxy. Like they're claiming they, they did and going, I need to find a tailor and I need this uniform made again. Why, why sure. would you do that? that? That doesn't make any sense. So I, I think if we're going to see a, see him in current day Thrawn, he's not going to be wearing that. That True. that that wouldn't make any sense, especially since the Imperials haven't made contact. We know that now. Yeah, in Mandalorian season three, when they have that Council of the Remnant uh, leaders, they make it kind of seem like they've had contact, but as we know now, they did. They definitely have not. Uh, so nobody's talked to Thrawn. So why would he wear a imperial uniform? That doesn't seem to make any any logical sense whatsoever. Uh, so this could in, actually be a flashback between Thrawn and Vader, perhaps. It, it could be Thrawn Vader. It could be Thrawn the Emperor. They could they could actually have that scene out of the book that they in here that where he explains. You know, where his allegiances lie. However, that wouldn't make sense with the rank insignia because he is wearing the Grand Admiral badge here. If you look at the plate, yeah. uh, I believe he's a captain when he when he makes that argument with the with the Emperor. So that wouldn't be wouldn't be in canon, I don't think. But I could be wrong on that too. But they it, but they have had several interactions since then where the Emperor challenged his uh, uh, his loyalty. To the empire so 
this could very well be one of those conversations between the emperor and and Thrawn, where he explains to him, "Hey, look, man, I I respect you, and I will do anything you you need done, but yeah. I, I'm just first and foremost, and at the end of the day, that's that's where he's going to go back to. And the emperor knows this to be true as well. They you know they they make that pretty clear as well. So logically by the character that i read in the books anyways there's really no way that he's coming back as an imperial leader there's no motivation for him to do that that i can tell all right sweet good summation of thrawn now uh our listeners and viewers can can go out there and watch with a little bit different uh angle on on the character because like i said a lot of people have him pinned as like a big bad and if they do it the way he is in the books, like like Carl's stating, that's it's not going to be that really at all. So it should be really interesting the way we see Ezra and Thrawn interact if Ezra's still around um, when we do I, get to that point. I, I I could I could literally see them being best pals, to be quite honest. Like, yeah. I, uh, because it's been a couple of years, they had to they would have had to have relied on each other to make it out of that little predicament. So if they're both alive, the only logical explanation would be that they work together, not against each other, because then one of them would have died in the process. So either Ezra is dead, Thrawn's dead, or they're both alive. If they're both alive, they're allied at this point, I would think. True. Yeah. So. All right, guys, I think that's the show. I just want to tell everyone before they go, uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, like, subscribe. Hit the bell to notify you. We're on Instagram at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. We're on X at Stuff Pod. We're also on Threads at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. Support us on Patreon if you can. Uh, Star Wars Stuff Podcast 2187. We're loading up videos there daily uh, during uh, Star Wars season while Ahsoka is happening. And uh, hopefully we can just keep on doing that because we've got a lot of commentaries for Clone Wars, Rebels, I uh, did a few unboxings of my last merch from Star Wars Celebration Europe. Uh, we're also on TikTok. Uh, you can find us at Star Wars Stuff Podcast. You can also email the show at Star Wars Stuff Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook, of course, the Star Wars Stuff Podcast group and page. And if you can, give us five stars, write a, uh, a review there. We've got some new reviews telling us um, specific things, and we appreciate that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's all the places you can find us. Thank you so much for all the love and support. Uh, you guys listened to a lot of our stuff that we did lately on Ahsoka, and we thank you for that. For Ray, for Carl, or Darth CJ, I should say, <laughs> may the Force be with you. Always. <laughs>